Good morning and welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living here in beautiful Olympia, Washington. We're so happy to have all of you here this morning. And if this is your first time here, we just embrace you and welcome you. We're going to take a moment now to center ourselves. So with the sound of the bowl, I invite you to just turn within. I know that spirit is right here, right now. This divine energy is everywhere. It's in each and every one of us. It's in each and every situation. And so I know that this divine presence is love, is peace, is power, it's strength, it's courage, it's wisdom. And I see, I experience these many facets of God expressed in nature. And particularly I see spirit on these rainbow days as the sun shines, as the clouds move in, as the rain comes and the sun peeks out again and then the rainbow. And I know that each and every one of us are one with this divine energy that I am love, peace, joy, power, courage, strength, wisdom. Hmm. And so I know that with strength and courage and power and confidence and wisdom that anything and everything is possible that as I tap in to that divine energy, that I create, I manifest the experiences that I want to experience. And so I know for today, for this service, that I receive exactly what I need that the words that are spoken speak to me, that I feel and know spirit through the music, and I experience its love and joy through the community, through connections with each and every one that is present. And I am so grateful for this truth, for this knowing, And I release it to the law. I let go and let God, and so it is. Thank you all. Thank you. And thank you, Anne, for that beautiful prayer. It was just wonderful. Well, this morning you might realize that I am not Reverend David. (laughs) 
and I'm uh, very honored that he asked me to speak in his place this morning. Now, he was supposed to be doing something important, and that got canceled, so he's off doing who knows what. And so we can give him a hard time about that once he gets back next Sunday. But you know what I really, um, I really want to express my delight about all of us and all the consciousness that we bring to this center and to the consciousness that Reverend David brings to each of his talks. Don't you think he's wonderful? Oh, yeah. Mm. I really, really appreciate that. Now, this morning, we're going to continue with the series on other voices. Last, the last two weeks, Reverend David has been talking about one of my sheroes in the world, Emma Curtis Hopkins. I just love her. And when he asked me to speak about other voices, what came to me is that, ooh, I love Ralph Waldo Emerson. Mm-hmm. And I know the chapter I want to talk about because my favorite quote is in that chapter. I'll go into that in a minute. But I am so thrilled to know that there are so many of you who also love Ralph. He's a good guy, isn't he? Yeah. And he said a lot of things that are so truthful that they stand forever. Truth stands forever. Isn't that fabulous? So Ralph was an essayist, among other things, and he wrote the essay, Self-Reliance, in 1841. That was a long time ago. But all of those words are holding true today. He was one of the founders of the Transcendental Movement, and that in that movement, there was a core belief that there is an inherent goodness within everyone, and that when we have faith that people are at their best all the time, and we can then know that they are truly self-reliant, and so are we. That's pretty cool, isn't it? If we stop to think that if we noticed the inherent good in every person and knew that they were doing the best that they could in that moment, what if everyone in the world did that? What a a world we would have. It's kind of my vision for the world that all of us see the inherent good in every person. No exceptions. Darn it. (laughs) Now, Emerson, my favorite quote in this chapter says this. These roses under my window make no reference to former roses or to better ones. They are for what they are. They exist with God today. There is no time to them. There is simply the rose. It is perfect in every moment of its existence. Think of that. It's perfect when it's a little tiny bud you can barely see. It's perfect when it's unfolded and looking perfect. 
Don't we just love how they look so perfect? And then they begin to wither and go back into the earth from which they came. And so, but they're still beautiful in that place as well. I love that quote because it, it spoke to me and said, no matter where you are on your journey, you're doing your best and you are beautiful. Turn to somebody this morning and say, you are beautiful. <laughs> now, if you want to, turn to somebody else and say, I'm beautiful. They told me so. Ernest Holmes really was inspired by Emerson. It was one of his big influences in his life. And the writings that, that he read, obviously, really spoke to him. And I believe that that is why Ernest Holmes decided that when the, when the textbook was rewritten to what we know as the science of mind today, all of the reference to anything outside of us was removed. Things like tarot cards and crystals and belief in all of those external things that are fun to play with. Absolutely. Didn't you check your crystals before coming today? You know? Yeah. Oh, the horoscope, of course. You see, they're fun to play with, but the truth is according to Emerson and according then to Dr. Holmes, is that the truth is that we are divine. It all comes down to that. We are divine. So the, the title Self-Reliance is Self with a capital S, Self-Reliance. Don't you love the picture of the sea turtle? I love that. I love that face. It's so cute. And this morning, Denny asked me if that was an okay picture to put up there, and we both discussed it. And I said, yeah, because, well, Denny explained, you know, a sea turtle lays their eggs, and you're on your own, kids. That's self-reliance. So <laughs> I just love that. Thank Isn't it nice to have Denny and Carol back? Yay! <laughs> So, wow, I love this rain. Wow. All right. So Emerson is talking about self-reliance and not conforming to society's normal things. Not conforming to what society says we should do or that we are supposed to do, but actually transcending that and allowing ourselves to be fully who we are. And as I was thinking about this, it occurred to me that there are so many things that I could talk about this morning, but I don't want to go into the hot topics, you know, like gay marriage and, and all sorts of things like that. But what I do want to do is to explain that sometimes we get into a conversation. Sometimes we're in a group, let's say. And we're the only one 
who doesn't agree with what the group is talking about. Have you ever been in that situation? Oh, yeah. And so you're the only one there. And that group is maybe talking about the current climate in the world and all that kind of stuff. And perhaps you don't agree. But it's okay that you don't agree. And it's okay that you step out of what is normal in that society and be your true self. If you're guided by your intuition, not intuition, no, intuition, when you're guided by that to say something, it might be something like this. Well, you know, I don't quite see it that way, but I understand what you're saying. You see, you can still be your own person without conforming to all of society's sometimes nonsense. (laughs) All right. And then Ralph says, on page 33 of this essay, he says, trust thyself. You know, in my mind, all he needed to have done was to... um, publish a book that had maybe 100 pages in it, and on page 50 and 51 say, trust thyself, period. I mean, that is so profound when we stop to think about some of the times that we don't trust ourselves. Nobody here has ever been in that situation, I'm sure. We know people. I certainly have not been there. Yes. Because we're all a little bit Uh, what's the word? Above that in consciousness. We're all high consciousness people, aren't we? Oh, yeah? (laughs) Say yes. All right, good. The thing is that when we trust our own being, when we trust that presence that's within us to express through us, it's actually freeing. And when we're not in trust of that, if we're in a place of thinking, oh, I don't know that I could really step out and do this particular thing. I might not be good enough to to sing a solo in church, or I might not be good enough to play the piano, or I might not be good enough to say a prayer in front of people. What's happening is you are putting yourself in a little box. We might want to call it the comfort zone that says, oh, here I am. This feels familiar. I'll just stay here. A teacher told me many, many years ago, stretch yourself. Step out of that box. Stretch yourself. And put yourself out there because you are a blooming flower of light. You are that. Trust yourself. Emerson's whole thing in this chapter is about being great. He wanted everyone to know their greatness. Do you know your greatness this morning? Do you know how magnificent you are? How powerful you are? You are. 
Because what I know about most of us here is that we are nonconformists. We don't conform <laughs> to a lot of things that society would have us conform to. And you know, when we do, when we do take on that conforming, what we're doing is putting ourselves in a form that is not really truly who we are. And then we might be in a group agreeing with them and smiling politely, and as dear Ralph says, with an asinine look on our face. <laughs> he really said that. The first time I read it, I thought, oh, geez, now I'm nine. I think that's funny. <laughs> but you see, when we are forming ourselves to other people's opinions and other people's insights and all of that kind of thing, we are putting ourselves into a place that is uncomfortable. Don't you think? Ever been there? It's icky. So, so what we want to do is step out of that and make sure that we are expressing ourselves with a capital S. Yeah. And you know, sometimes... Sometimes being a nonconformist is a little tricky. Have you noticed how sometimes on social media there's a lot of stuff going on if you're into that kind of thing? You'll, you'll read things and see things and go, wow, oh, yeah, that's right. And then you realize it's not at all what you value. It sounded good in the moment, but then you stop and think, well, wait a minute. Maybe that's not who I am. What we value as individuals is important. Don't ever devalue what you value. Always allow yourself the, the virtues that, that include like honesty and kindness and what other values do you have? Let's explore that for a second. Just shout out a value you might have. Integrity. Integrity. Excellent. Respect. Respect. Forgiveness. 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 Gratitude. And what? Empathy. Empathy. Oh. Compassion. Yeah. Kindness. Kindness. Yeah. You see, these are the kinds of things that we want to keep in our atmosphere, in our aura of, of being, so that we can express them more fully. If we don't allow that to happen, it really becomes uncomfortable. And we begin living outside. If we're not allowing our, our values to come forward, we're living outside of the truth of who we really are. And what is the truth of who we are? What is that truth? We are absolute love. We are absolute universal intelligence. How do you like that? Yeah, feels good, huh? We are absolute perfection. We are that, that which is divine, that which is perfect, that which 
has created all of life. We are that. We're created from its image and likeness. We can be no less. And sometimes when we are in that place of of being a nonconformist and actually speaking our truth and saying, well, I would like to disagree with what you're saying, and um, if you'll listen, I'll give you what I um, what I feel about this situation. It that can be scary. Have you felt that being kind of scary sometimes? Sometimes you'll find that there are stories out there that talk about people really confronting someone who is being cruel to another person. We. Because of our media today, we hear about those things all the time. And someone stands up to the person who's being cruel and says, no, you can't do that. That's not right. And what if the person who is being treated like that were able to say, that's not right. You can't treat me like that. I found a story this week about a gentleman named Carl. Now, Carl, this, this happened many, many, many years ago. Carl was a, a gardener. He was about 87 years old, and he volunteered to do the gardening in the courtyard of the church he belonged to. And this, in this courtyard, there, were, there, was a, um, uh, there was a way for people to see into the courtyard as they passed by on the sidewalk. And one day, while Carl was working in the garden, three young men walked by, hoods up, then the shirts and all of that, and they walked by, and then they went, ah, and they went inside and confronted Carl and knocked him down and took his watch and his wallet. And Carl stood up, took the hose, he was watering, he took the hose and he said, would you like a drink of water? And the young man just laughed at him, and they left. Well, this happened again. Carl was in the garden watering, and the young men came by, and they knew they had a target here. So they went to him, and they picked up the hose out of his hand and drenched him with the water. And uh, once they were turning to leave, Carl said, if you need a drink of water, take it. And... The, the minister came out one day when he saw these things going on, and he said, Carl, you don't have to finish your work today. I'm sure this probably upset you. And he said, no, it's been quite dry, and I need to continue watering. And so time went by. Carl was fine. But you see, Carl stood in, he stood in that place that said, I am a kind person, and I'm not going to let anybody else make me be any different. He was standing in his truth. Wow, how many of us could do that? Time went on, and the three, no, time went on, and the, and the one young man came to the garden one day when Carl was out there. And He told him, uh, he said, you know, I need to apologize to you. 
I, and I also have these things for you. And he handed him a paper sack. And in the paper sack was the watch and the wallet that they had taken. And he said, I am so sorry that that happened to you. It isn't what I feel is right. And so I'm no longer associated with those people. And here's your stuff back. And Carl was very thankful and, and everything went on. And sometime later, Carl passed away. And there was a note on the church that said they needed a new gardener. And the young man applied and got the job. And he was then the gardener at the church for a while until he had to resign. And he went to the minister and he said, I need to leave this position, although I've really enjoyed it. Because, you see, I've married and my wife is going to have a baby and we're moving. And the minister said, oh, that's wonderful. Congratulations. It's been so nice to have you here. And by the way, what are you going to name the baby? Carl. You see, when we stand in our kindness, when we stand for what we believe in, it affects people right down the line. Everything that we do, we all know this, everything that we do affects so many people in the world. It might not seem like it, but it does. I was thinking the other day about how uh, there are there are so many things that kind of call to my heart because there's there must be something that I can do. And so sometimes I turn within and I say, what is mine to do today? And the first answer that always comes to me is to pray. And someone a long time ago on Facebook said, well, that seems kind of trite. But you know what? Prayer is powerful. And prayer is what we can do. And knowing what we know about the truth of all life is powerful. And so when we become concerned about what's happening in the world, in our neighborhood, in our family, what we can know for sure is that there is something bigger going on that we know nothing about. And all we need to do is stand in that knowing. Be firm in what we know and what we value and continue to teach others by the way we are, by the way we speak, and by the way that we live our life. There's a terror that Emerson talks about. He says something that scares us away from our self-trust is our consistency. And what he means by consistency is that sometimes we do or say something and we really believe it at that time and then we change our mind. Yeah, we change our mind. And we think, wait a minute, no, I don't, I don't necessarily believe what I said there. 
I know more now, so I'm changing my mind, and this is what I believe. But Ralph tells us that this consistency, sometimes we want to go back when we're in that group of people who are talking about what we believed at that time, and we want to say, yeah, yeah, and then I had this experience. When in actuality, it's not the truth of who we are. I really like that he says that the terror that scares us from self-trust is our consistency, a reverence for our past act or word because the eyes of other have no other data for computing our orbit than our past acts, and we are loath to disappoint them. By golly, we won't, don't want anybody to not like us. So it's time then for us to let go of the old, that old story, that old belief, and step into what's new, step into the newness. I said all that. Hold on. <laughs> so we're going to step into the newness that our self-reliance brings us to. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're going to let go of what was and embrace what is and what is yet to be. It's, It's magnificence. So this week, in our spiritual practice, I would like to recommend that we may want to notice where we're not living in our, maybe not living in our truth, and maybe not speaking our truth when we need to. I've been in many, many situations where people have asked me if I believe that Jesus is my Savior. Many situations. And I've stood in my truth and said, I believe that Jesus is my greatest teacher and is the greatest teacher of the world. That's what I believe. And from his teaching, I'm saved from myself. So you see, there are ways for us to express these truths. But we just need to notice where we might be off base someplace in our life. I know all of us are perfect here, but this might be something for someone you know. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so we also need to let go of what is no longer serving us. Maybe an old story, maybe an old job, maybe an old relationship that just isn't going anywhere. I had an experience just shortly after I moved up here we, we've been here since January of 2017. Thank you. And back in my old life in California, I was a squirting caller by night. A real live professional square dance caller traveling all over California in Arizona, Nevada, all that. And, and it served me well. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was all of that. And then I got up here and I realized that, hey, you know what? I don't want to drive around at night in a place I don't know. And I was ready to let it go. 
what I found was it was perfect for me then, not so perfect for me now. I let go of the old, and I've stepped into newness. That is so freeing. So I invite you to look at what you might need to let go of. What's no longer serving you anymore? Remind yourself that throughout everything you've done, you've, you have done the best you know how to do, and that you are perfect in every moment of your involvement. Perfect. You're perfect. Like the rose, you exist with God every day. You exist with that eternal, universal truth every day. Remember this and trust yourself. You are magnificent. And so it is. Let's take all of that into prayer. I invite us to simply turn within in this place of high consciousness, recognizing that there is one life, one power, one universal presence that is all there is. And as we relax and surrender into that universal presence, I know that each one of us are expressions of that presence. We are expressions of the magnificence of all life on every level. I know that each one of us is made from that image and likeness, and therefore we are one with each other. And I know for each of us, I know for each of us, that we are moving forward into a place of greater self-reliance, of greater knowing our truth, knowing what we value, and knowing that the divine goes before us to, to make our way straight and clear. And that anything that needs to be released is released in love. And all that needs to be embraced is embraced with joy and enthusiasm. And so I give thanks. I give thanks for this time of recognizing these truths. I give thanks for the teachers in our lives that have brought us to this point. And I give thanks for the law that works upon this word, doing its perfect work in every moment. And in this gratitude, I release these words to the law, knowing it is already complete. And so we can say together, and so it is. In the youth class today, we learned about if you pray, things might come true. Enough. We're working on a secret, but we talked about feelings and how when you use your feelings in spiritual mind treatment, it brings about more of that feeling, and it's actually more powerful, more manifesting than thinking of a specific thought.